I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee 100% that you might learn something, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is no wait. It's it's a surprise. It's not joining me, as always. It's joining me sometimes, John Wallen, noted Roberto Firmino lover, also at Fantasy Gaffer on Twitter, also of Play Taga. John, what's happening with you, baby? Not a whole lot, man. Listen, um, I should be joining you, as always, but for some reason, you seem to think that the... Uh, off-canter, off-kilt, somewhat blue comedy of Rob FPLMNOPQRSTUVLMNOP is a better choice of co-host. And that's cool, man. I'm all right with that. I mean, you chose Mike as a better co-host. Listen, there was a time where we could have ended up together. Technically, Mike chose me. Okay, that's fair. But I'm just saying, you know, we chose different paths. And I'm happy for you. And I still want the best for you. But it just didn't work out between us. Uh, and I, I don't want you to to hold on to like any hatred or or anger about that. Just know I'm I'm happy for your success, and all I hope is that you can be happy for mine. Kev, real talk. When when this didn't work, man, I just you know I I did a lot of soul searching. Yeah. I did a lot of introspection. I did a lot of uh, guided focused meditation, mm-hmm. and I said what Kevin really needs in his life is a 72 year old. Uh, divorcee, uh, chain smoking, uh, gambleholic, uh, Jersey resident. And when Norm McDonald <laughs> wasn't available to co-host your show, yeah. I knew that you and Rob were a match made in heaven. Yeah, no, I think that's a, it's a very good point and is a perfect description of Rob and nobody Google that. Um, <laughs> it's just true. Just accept it as true. Um, all right, John, uh, we did do a couple, one of these shows a couple of weeks back that you were not on, unfortunately, citing precedents. Um, <laughs> but, um, that's definitely how legal terms work, lawyer words. But, um, we're just going to quickly run through each of the matches and just kind of give our, our quick thoughts on them. Obviously, we haven't had loads of time to research or anything because matches just ended. We're trying to get this out to you, the people, as soon as possible since there will be uh, lineup locks on Tuesday for the midweek matches. So, John, if you will indulge me, let's just dive straight in with the first match of the weekend, which is going to be Burnley versus Stoke. Burnley, Absolutely. obviously, a bit of a surprise package this season. A lot of people had them tipped for relegation. Cough me. Um, not so much the case. Goodmanson has picked up right where Brady left off. I do like him. On the Stoke side of things, Mama Birmdiev has the upside of actually playing striker again after being forced to play wingback again sometimes this season, but has the downside of playing in one of the most uninspired teams I have ever seen play this sport. Uh, I mean... It- there, there's a strong, strong list of contenders for most uninspired to ever play in uh, <laughs> Premier League season currently going on. And I don't care that West Ham just managed to knock off Chelsea in a 1-0 uh, Marco the Sharko Arnautovic 
effort. The the reality is, Kev, I mean, you and I talk about this constantly offline, but like there's there's very few teams that you would believe in week in, week out. And I know you weren't sold on Burnley in the summer. I love Burnley as a mid-table team. Uh, your regular co-host was really sprung on Diouf, and thanks to <laughs> Rob, I jumped on him uh, in a couple of leagues, and I, I benefited from that three or four match run game weeks like uh, 8 to 11, where he banged a goal a match. So, um, you know, credit where it's due. But at the end of the day, if we're looking at these teams at the bottom end of the table, for the first time in a long time, I don't feel like there's any fantasy value to be had at the bottom end. I mean, usually, I mean, right, right Rob, when, when Rob's on, he would mm-hmm. normally say, like, he's trying to jump on a guy like Tammy Abraham from Swansea yeah. or uh, Antonio from West Ham because, like, you try and find the high value on the low-end teams because you usually can get them for less value, right? Mm-hmm. But this year, Kev, like, 17 right now is West Brom, 18 is West Ham, 19 is Swansea, 20 is Crystal Palace. And like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sold on any of those guys. Yeah, it's been a really weird one. Although, especially in your format in Taga, I do really like the trend of Crystal Palace. I know Benteke just missed his penalty, but with Kabai and Townsend both sitting top five in accurate crosses over the last five weeks, they've been top five in chances created recently. There, there could be some stuff coming from Palace, but I agree with you on, on the whole that Stoke are pretty uninspiring, as are many others around that place in the table. Speaking of Crystal Palace, talking about them next, they're going to be hosting Watford, who have also kind of like Burnley, been a fun surprise this season, with Charleston and DeCorey obviously being the fantasy surprises thus far. Uh, what do you think we'll see in this one, and who should people be looking for? Well, it's a good question, and I like that you just led with um, Kabaye because and and tagged in Goodmanson as well because Goodmanson in his limited minutes does already have uh, excuse me twenty chances created, fifteen key passes, five fantasy assists. Of course, all those coming in I think the last six Burnley matches. When you flip over to uh, flip over to Crystal Palace. I think have you're sticking with those guys that we always wanted to believe in, but we weren't sure that they were going to be able to deliver in fantasy the way that they do week by week in in the you know the real life game. Yeah. And it's Kabai, it's Ruben Loftus Cheek, it's certainly uh, Wilfred Zaha. And when you're looking at the OFPL, and I don't know what other formats, you know, the guys that um, what other formats you guys typically talk about, but you know, if I'm looking at midfielders there and Zaha's price is six point nine percent, Townsend at five point seven, Rob uh, Loftus Cheek, excuse me, at four point six. Those guys, you know, they're all pretty heavily owned. But for me, it's still Johan Gabay. He's 5.4 million. He's 0.3% owned. That is a 0.3% <laughs> owned. Are you kidding me? He's got two assists in his last four. He's got 13 points in his last four. And keep in mind that West Brom match in game week 13, he did not play. So, yeah. I mean, like, this dude, he's, I mean, he's primed to be an, a phenomenally good. Uh, fantasy asset regardless you and i you know you just mentioned taga a minute ago and of course you know we love the fact that he's creating tons of chances because in you know a draft or if you're playing daily or playing goal whatever all those places you know johan Kabai right now is sitting on 28 chances created 25 key passes plus three assists he's got a goal he's got seven shots on target you know depending on if you're playing a format that values defense he's got 16 tackles one another 15 clearances and 36 interceptions i mean that's like ngolo Conte light plus <laughs> you know sec fabregas light yeah. so i mean that that's a really nice combination 
Yeah, I, I really like Kabai as well. Um, unsurprisingly, you and I thinking somewhat similar on players, although I was high on Townsend in the offseason, and you all thought I was crazy, and I do contend that if Zaha and Benteke had started the season well and they had kept Frank DeBoer, I would have been right, but nobody can ever prove I would have been wrong. Um, next up, we, you know, you're by the way, your boy uh, Smokey owns Andres Townsend in the 12 team Taga league that you and I play in he together. Probably listened to me more than he should have. Um, <laughs> next up, we have Huddersfield versus Chelsea. You were just talking about Fabregas, uh, and um, well, I almost said Wilfred and Didi. That's super incorrect. And Golo Conte, um, Fabregas, I love. I love that we got quotes from Antonio Conte saying why he's going to be in his lineup most weeks, that they finally found the right way to pair him with Conte, unlike how uh, last year we had to deal with Matic. This year, Bakayoko was kind of there, uh, but it sounds like he really is going to favor Fabregas, which makes him a terrific fantasy option. He continues to be also on those creative lists that we just mentioned currently, uh, the third most chances created over the last five matches, which obviously you like. But Chelsea hit a speed bump this last week against a very, very poor uh, West Ham team. Huddersfield looked like they were clearly trending downwards. Talked about it a lot in the lead up to this week of Huddersfield versus Brighton because Brighton were trending up. Huddersfield were trending down. Then they pop up with a 2-0 win. My boy, Steve Mounier, who you may be familiar with from our talk. I'm sorry. sorry. Are we getting fancy about Steve Mooney? Is that what we're doing now? He's French. Are we getting super fancy about Steve Mooney? That's his name. It's not my fault if you did not come here with your pinky raised and your uh, cutlery set outside in. But (laughs) anyway, uh, do you think Chelsea should recover big or do you think Huddersfield could offer another consecutive surprise? Well, it's it's interesting because after we're done doing your show, I'm going to have the honor of hosting you on an edition of Talk and Taga where I have been widely panning. Uh, you know, your friend and mine, Mike Phillips, uh, <laughs> impressions of Sec Fabregas, because Mike loves Sec as a first or second round pick in FPL draft, and he has for the last three seasons. And, you know, you, me, Rob, everyone under the sun has always knocked him for that because of uh, Fabregas' playing time. Mm. But currently, and Kev, you probably already know this, but for people that don't, among midfielder eligible players in the OFPL, it's N'Golo Conte with 1,156 minutes, Sec Fabregas with 1,136 minutes, mm-hmm. and no other Chelsea midfielder has broken 1,000. Yeah. Of course, Hazard, we expect to do that. He, you know, he missed the first three or four That's matches injured. of the season, already up to 807. But it is likely going to be the three of them. Uh, Bakayoko is going to come in to fill in for either Conte or Fabregas, Willian, uh, Pedro, they're going to slot in and out as they need to. And, of course, Conte's going to you know, rotate drink water in there. But mm-hmm. this is now a Sec Fabregas-led midfield. And it doesn't take a whole lot of research to be able to click two buttons and look down and see that in 2014-15, Sec Fabregas had a 19-assist season yep. You know, in 2884. That last year, in just 1340, he had five goals and 15 assists. The, the man's an amazing FPL asset. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to own him, you're you're you know you're just deluding yourself. His price at six point nine in the official game and four point seven percent selected are there. Those things are going to look ridiculous when we come back. You know, those are going to be like uh, Bitcoin light prices. We're going to be <laughs> looking at Sec Fabregas as a thousand dollar Bitcoin and uh, wondering why everybody didn't jump in on him. Yeah, I think um, you would agree with me on this, that in, in both regular football analysis and in fantasy, 
people get I stuck on their... I might also say it, Kev, but I'm uh-huh. not going to agree with you. Okay, I mean, don't. Um, <laughs> but I think people get caught on their opinions of players for about six months too long. Always. Um, and if, if you look through things like that, if you look through the, through the statistics more regularly, I think you'll be surprised by the players that have turned things around right now in both fantasy and real life. Nicholas Otamendi having an incredible season, still see people panning him. Um, like when company got hurt, somebody say, why couldn't it have been Otamendi? And I don't think they understand what's been happening at that club of late. Um, this is going to be the break between the Tuesday and Wednesday matches, so this will also be our quick break where we're going to go pay some bills, and then we'll be right back with all the Wednesday fixtures. We, hey, we, yo, can I jump in? I mean, listen, um, all you know, all due respect to your advertisers, mm-hmm. but I, I find it hard to believe that anything that you're selling is more important than selling FPL managers on Nicholas Odomende, <laughs> who has six clean sheets and four goals scored yeah. in 13-30 this season. He's got 80 points. Of those points, 11 of them have already been bonus points. He scored bonus points in four matches out of his 16. And you have to remember, it's only 15 for him because he missed, uh, he missed game week 12 against Leicester. Yeah, although admittedly, those clean sheets have not been coming lately, but the goals have been offsetting that dip. And you would assume that they will return at some point, although maybe don't buy in right now with Tottenham just over the horizon. Um, on to the promised Wednesday fixtures. Uh, they're going to start off, well, <laughs> kind of. There are a lot of concurrent kickoffs. But first listed is Newcastle versus Everton. Uh, Everton pop up with a, a draw against Liverpool today, much to your chagrin. Uh, I was way higher on Wayne Rooney than I should have been in the offseason, but that continues to be pay, uh, continues to pay off with four goals in his last five matches. Not saying it's pretty. I'm saying look at the points at the end of the day. Um what do you think? Well, let we'll me see ask here. you this, Kev. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I want to ask you a question. Yeah, go for it. Because Wayne Rooney ha- mm-hmm. is at seven point three million in the OFPL, yep. and you know we can talk about other games if you want. He's played a uh, you know a thousand sixty eight minutes, and Calvert Lewin is five point two, so that's two point one million mm-hmm. less, and he has played a th- almost a thousand minutes more, <laughs> and that's. I mean, that's that's phenomenal, right? And then when you flip that around and you look at their total scores. And you say Rooney is, excuse me, Rooney is 15 points higher than Calvert Lewin, but exclusively because of the goals scored. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, are you buying? And, and again, part of that 70 total points scored is based on that penalty that he just got against Liverpool. Are you buying Calvert Lewin as the better buy in OFPL because he's doing more from open play? Well, in your format, obviously Calvert Lewin is doing more. Um, just because of his involvement during play, Rooney tends to just pop up when he pops up. He's like if Defoe was a midfielder, which is not a compliment. Um, but uh, I think Saint Germain. Yeah, but I think you kind of have to like both of them. I mean, for the next matches, Newcastle, Swansea, West Brom, Bournemouth, and this West Brom defense is not the one that just popped in your mind when I said that. Nor is Bournemouth. Chelsea, the one in the middle there, who have stepped it up a lot defensively of late. So you like that run. You could own both in pretty much any format. Not in your team. You could own either. Sorry. In in either format. I personally think that Calvert-Lewin is the better uh, option just because of price. Um, 
the price to point ratio is obviously much higher for him despite having fewer total points, as you pointed out. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd buy Don, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. If you're somebody that was still stuck with somebody like Diouf in the official game, or if you foolishly bought in on Glenn Murray when I literally told everybody not to, I mean, that's on you, but you can also move to Calvert-Lewin if you'd like, because unlike those other guys, he's sustaining it. Um, this isn't like Murray who popped up with one match. This isn't Callum Wilson who popped up with one match. If you look historically, if you try to buy in on a player that just had a big week for the first time in a long time, you already missed it. You missed the good week. Uh, and you can't uh, make up for that by buying them in the next one. But I think Calvert Lewin, with how involved he is, is consistently reliable if you're looking for a price dump forward. I hear you. Could you take a break from selling us on micro machines to tell me whether or not you thought Dominic Calvert Lewin should have been able to draw that uh, penalty that gave Everton an undeserved one <laughs> one draw? I will say, as I have always said on our Premier League show, you can't give a referee a chance to make a decision. Yeah, that's true. And I, I retweeted that tweet when you sent it. Yep. Uh, and Lovren made the mistake of putting his hands his on hands. a player running away from goal. Yeah, so silly. Why would you do that? Why Why on earth? I'm sure you, just like any red-blooded Liverpool fan, cannot wait to see the back of Dejan Lovren. Um, in this match, who do you think wins? I mean, we didn't really talk about Newcastle. I guess you have to like, kind of I respect actually like New, I like Newcastle. Popping up no, I like, stuff. Yeah, I like Newcastle over Everton in this one. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over no, you, but like, the reality here is the only two Everton players that I'm willing to invest in currently... Um, are uh, Omer Nias and Gilfie Sigurdsson. And that's because I believe in the minute-to-goal assist ratio that Nias has shown, mm-hmm. and I believe in Gilfie's overall skill. So if you know, you're know you trusting any of them, it's going to be them. Newcastle, I don't want any part of any of their <laughs> OFPL assets, but I think they win. You know what I mean? And I think mm. that's, that's a disaster for people that are trying to buy in on it. Um, with uh, Lascelles out and with this goalkeeper roulette that oh, man. Rafa's playing. I mean, yeah. dude, like, where where are you on this? I, this is this is garbage. It's I mean, one of the most is, frustrating things you've ever seen because it isn't like they're two good options like Tottenham wingbacks. Right. These are two bad options, and you're not really bettering yourself with either. Um, but somebody on the Newcastle yeah, side. That's my point, right? Like, I'd rather I'd <laughs> yeah. rather own some of the Manchester City midfielders and like trust that Pep maybe likes my guy this week <laughs> than try and bet on which idiot Rafa's going to throw out there that's and then concede go oh, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, the player that does need to be noted though is Dwight Gale, who has three goals in his last five matches, an assist and a goal in his latest. We saw what he did in the championship last season. I think he finished second, if memory serves, behind Wood. He's now at Burnley. Oh, man, I'm so far on a limb. That's just, Dude, how, that's just how gut dare memory. You, how dare you mention the championship in Newcastle and not lead with Matt Ritchie? <laughs> because he's not there forward right now, and he doesn't have a goal and assist the last game. But no, you're not buying, uh, is basically what you're saying? No, I'm not. I, okay. I, I, I'm buying in on uh, championship fantasy darling Matt Ritchie and pretty much no one else in that team. Fair right enough. Now. Final thought on Everton. When should people in your format start looking at Seamus Coleman? Oh, not until he's got two matches under his belt and oh, wow. has shown that he's actually back. If you because wait two matches until he's actually back, he will not be there anymore because I and that's have fine. Him. <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> he's, and you're just willing to be late on him. Kev, Kev, just for people that are listening, if you're playing at PlayTaga, uh, if you're at uh, PlayTaga.com, you're playing Taga's uh, draft format, uh-huh. Kev plays in 97% of all of our active leagues. So in the 3% <laughs> of active leagues that Kev's not in, 
guys, you got you got months to wait. <laughs> you but you know, for the rest of you, please jump on it. <laughs> there you go. I do own shares and stocks in Seamus Coleman. Just full disclosure, hashtag sponsored. Um, next up, we have Southampton versus Leicester. Southampton, we're so sure they were going to keep a clean sheet. People that don't hate Arsenal somehow thought that Arsenal weren't going to score. They were always going to score. Southampton can't do anything defensively, but we had the third clinching, obvious trend of the Charlie Austin reascension this weekend. How are you feeling about our boy Chaz? And are we thinking this is QPR, Charlie Austin? Because that Charlie Austin was one of the best fantasy forwards in the game. I I like Charlie Austin a lot. Of the three options currently available in the OFPL at forward for Southampton, and those are, of course, uh, Austin, Gabbiadini, and Shane Long. Sorry, what was that he middle is, name? I've refused to understand what that name is. Who's that? I'm pretty sure I said that correctly. <laughs> Nailed it. I'm, it I'm like 90% Italian. Um, <laughs> the thing about Chaz here, obviously four goals in his last four games. He did not score in the seven minutes he got in game week 14 against How Manchester City. He? It's it's a little disgusting, right? I mean, he did manage to score in 10 minutes against West Ham, so you'd think in seven minutes against City he'd be able to do the same. Um, but I'm, I'm concerned only because he got 211 minutes in 15-16, 934 minutes in 16-17. Charlie Austin, and as you mentioned, you know the, the Palace version of Charlie Austin, 18 goals, 8 assists, 176 OFPL points, 22 of those bonus in 3,065 minutes. That is, you know, essentially a full season, not a you know a full in terms of miss, but a full season in terms of what you can expect from a high work rate, uh, you know, attacking six player. Do I want in on him? Yeah, at six point one million, of, of course I do. At two point three percent selected, you know that's increasing the chance that I want to own him. But Kev, after this Leicester match, when Southampton host Leicester, excuse me, went in game of seventeen, I meant to say when Southampton hosts Leicester, is Chelsea away? Huddersfield at home, and I'm not sure that Huddersfield can't get set up with David Wagner's team to, you know fight for a nil-nil draw there it spurs away united away and that's taking us through the boxing day holiday fixtures yeah, and, and those right are three of the five best defenses and i i want no part of it so yeah. the 2.3 percent selected makes sense to me but if you're asking me on january 1st would i be trying to get charlie austin in if he is still healthy yeah because charlie austin from january 2nd until the 31st of march is one of the best runs of any discount forward in the game. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with you uh, there. We all love us some Charlie Austin. Flipping to the Leicester side, um, Indeedy has been popping up. Demarai Gray is getting minutes. We already know about Vares. What do you think about those other two, though? What is is Gray's first name? Demarai? Demarai? Democrat. Democrat Gray. Okay. I I thought you maybe knew something I didn't know. What did you (laughs) think it was? Damari, is it not Damari? I don't know. I've always said Demari. I, I could be wrong. Oh, yeah, I mean, somebody, somebody you know, hit us with the IPA, and I don't mean the beer. I mean the International Phonetic Alphabet. Listen, guys, tweet at Kevrov <laughs> the correct pronunciation, Webster's Dictionary style. <laughs> it's at Kevrov. <laughs> 
Uh, Listen, uh, so I read I read a weekly column uh, for your friend and mine, Ryan, over at uh, Fantasy Your Mom. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody that listens to this also is uh, is following Ryan, but I am dude. High. Everybody that listens to this doesn't even follow me. We average like twenty five thousand listens per episode, and I haven't even hit a thousand hits, a uh, thousand followers on on Twitter. So that sounds like they're an astute, intelligent audience that's <laughs> listening to what the fuck you're saying. To be fair, I did make a Rauschenberg joke on my Twitter today and lost followers. And apparently people just aren't ready for that highbrow art stuff all over my feed. Maybe it's because they're mad that you're, uh, I don't know, mispronouncing uh, Roshark. <laughs> Maybe. It's all the mispronunciations. <laughs> Sorry, what were you writing for, Yuma? No, I was just saying that uh, I, I give a shout out to the Riot Mara's Damari Gray um, OFPL handcuff. Because I think that if you want to have those players that only feature occasionally gray might be the best midfielder to have in that scenario where if you're worried that the guy that you own isn't going to get any minutes you really want the guy off his bench and it's it's a weird thing cap right because we never we never advocate handcuffing yeah in a salary cap but i think if riot mars doesn't play that team has to run through either mark albrighton or damari gray and i don't want any part of mark albrighton no fpl in draft it's different but in OFPL, I would be happy to have Damari Gray be my first sub. Yeah. He is uh, real, real good. And <laughs> apparently the only person on earth who disagreed was Craig Shakespeare, who is obviously no longer at the club there. Uh, as for a result, I think Lester will win this one 2-1. Do you, do you want a result? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably the other way. I think it's Southampton 2-1. Okay, yeah. No, I just realized we should have been doing that this whole time. So Sure. Uh, <laughs> Newcastle, Newcastle 11 nothing over Everton. Uh-huh. Uh, Huddersfield 47-6 to against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watford uh, not against Blanky with uh, Palace. And Burnley one nothing against Stoke. The least surprising of that was saying that Watford wouldn't score against Crystal Palace. Um, <laughs> next up, we have Swansea versus Man City, which could be very sloppy the other way. Although I doubt many people are aware that Swansea actually have the sixth best defense in the Premier League at time of speaking. City will obviously have to be rotating a lot. You would assume in a Aguero match because it was a Jesus match today. But what I just did was try to assume what Pep Guardiola would do. And people should know better than to do that at this point. Um, is there anybody that's particularly sticking out to you in this one that we don't already know loads about? Like, what about Boney? He's doing stuff. He's scoring yeah, goals. I, well, I was about to say, this is the Wilfried Boney grudge match, and I would absolutely start him if you're playing Tagus Perfect 11, if you're playing a money game. Um, Kev, you'd have to educate me on how goals game is set up. But if it's if it's a game where you can get a guy in for a zero penalty and benefit, mm-hmm. I would absolutely start whichever Swansea forward starts against Man City because Man City are not coming out of this game with a clean sheet. And they have not and been. That's correct. And uh, this is the exact same reason. I mean, we're going to get to the Spurs-Brighton match, but this is the exact same reason why I like uh, Pascal Gross. This is why I like Hamed if he starts. I mean, that, that team is uh, – it has a lot of fantasy potential. And while Spurs are probably going to beat Brighton by a considerable margin – that doesn't mean they're going to keep a clean sheet. Yeah. It's three clean sheets and 10 for Manchester City. Uh, just one in the last five. And in their last six matches, in five of them, they conceded exactly one goal. Just very, very infuriating West Brom-esque stuff. 
from the Manchester City defense as of yeah. late. West Brom and Man City are exactly the same. <laughs> I know. That's why I said it. Uh, I obviously meant that last year West Brom always conceded one, ruining everybody's clean sheet day. Um, obviously City are going to win this one somewhat significantly. Um, <clears throat> I think this could also be a Bernardo Silva game. Sterling, I think, has played the last five in all comps. Um, and by the way, that's a great shout for draft. If you don't own Bernardo Silva, or if, he's if available. you don't own Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, if you don't – I mean, these kinds of players are – the. if you're in an, an 8 or a 10 or a 12-team draft league, if you're playing a money game and you have the ability to change right up until uh, kickoff, those are the kinds of players that you want to jump on because they – no one questions their skill, right? It's a funny befall at and Southampton. I question of- Alex Oxley Chamberlain's skill, but that, we can discuss oh, that. How later. dare you! <laughs> uh, but Hungming Sun for you know Spurs yeah. against Brighton. If he's if he's going to get that start, and by the way, this is a midweek uh, Wednesday match. This might be a prime Eric Lamella gets a goal mm. and two assists kind of game. But we'll get to that after we talk about how Liverpool oh, are going to just so annihilate much. West Brom. Yep. Um, I, I assume you're also on City beating Swansea though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Probably um, like one nothing, probably, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, like right. a, a fluke John Stones goal because somebody kicks the ball off his head while he's sitting in the stands. Yep, just for some reason. Dumb like that. Next up is Liverpool, West Brom. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, man, he was real spicy in the post-match today. Uh, do you he think that'll been. Do you think that'll turn things around, or do you think this could kind of spiral a little bit on him? No, I had no problem with the way he set this team up for the Everton match. The fact that people are like, well, it's the Marseilles are a derby and everyone has to jump on board. Everton are a garbage team. And he set up his squad to beat a garbage team. And they did. Had Sadio Mane maybe just tap that ball a little bit to his right instead Over of trying to, to score. Yep. Right. Or any of the other four Liverpool players that were like running in mass there. I mean, like, it wasn't just Salah. Um had a very very soft albeit i am i'm not arguing with the credibility of the referee's call the referee had every right to call a penalty on dejan lover on there but it was a soft call and it was one that dejan lover really didn't need to draw into consideration he did not need to put his hand on the back of Dominic Calvert-Lewin there who's running away from goal and Lovren's less than half a step behind him so all that said, Liverpool, I think, outshot Everton like 23-3. to three. That team was set up just fine. They're going to be set up the exact same way against West Brom, and I don't mean the exact same 11, of course, but they're going to be set up tactically to go up against a team that's going to be playing off the back foot. Hmm. It could be one nothing. It could be 1-0 West Brom. It could be 11 nothing Liverpool. I, you know, this is the nature of those things, but I, I love... Uh, Firmino in this one, uh, I think Mane keeps his place because he has not gotten a lot of minutes and, and Klopp's going to try and blood him. Uh, I think Salah sits on this one with Coutinho, Mane, and uh, Firmino leading that line. Uh, maybe Sturridge getting a, uh, some minutes. Uh, Milner, again, is a good option. And then I would look, honestly, if you're one of these people that's trying to play like a, a negative four, or maybe you're using one of those random wild cards, Kev, mm-hmm. I would bring in Trent Alexander-Arnold for this one. <laughs> Will it not be Jomez? No, I think I think it's going to be TAA. Okay. And I think he's going to run up and down that wing, and, and I like him a lot as like a kind of a, a differential play in OFPL, and I like him a lot. If you're in a 12-team league and you've been um, streaming your defender three, it's TAA in this one for me. 
Yeah, that's absolutely fair. I do think Liverpool win this one handily. What West Brom have proven this year is that not only can they not score going forward, but they can't defend anymore either. Uh, I do like long-term like uh, West Brom. We talked about this on our last show with Chuck, um, that I think uh, Ron Doan becomes a really interesting option going forward because there are supporting players there. I just don't think it will click yet especially against Liverpool, who do boast a fairly impressive home defensive record. Um, we're going to go quicker through uh, these last three because we've already hit the 30-minute mark, but Manchester United versus Bournemouth. You assume they aren't going to set up to defend there. Bournemouth, previously pretty much barren in attack, save for random three and two goal appearances from Wilson and Defoe. Not really impressing that much. Defensively, they're struggling, especially without Adam Smith. I'm assuming we think this is going to kind of be a Pogba show for United. Um, is Pogba back yet? Uh, is, oh no, he'll still be suspended. Wow. <laughs> How unprofessional of me and, uh, uninspiring from him. Oh man. Yeah. I really don't like this United attack when Pogba's not there. Averaging just over one goal a game, uh, when he's gone, averaging more than two plus when he's there. I uh, like Lingard. I, I picked him up in like, our expert yep. league. He's sneaky. And, and there's like, um, a bunch of people that are maybe between 5 and 11% owned on that United team that should absolutely be getting starts in your OFPL side. I don't think I would be spending money on them. Uh, or, excuse me, I, should, I don't think I would be taking a hit for them. Right. But if you're in one of those zones where you want to have some additional capital, certainly uh, Jesse Lingard and Marcus Rashford are worth a look because mm. – they lined up in this match. They didn't do anything wrong. I mean, United lost, but those two players didn't do anything wrong. And they're incredibly inexpensive. They're, I think they're, I believe they're both under 7.5% owned. So get it on them, um, particularly with the idea, excuse me, that Pogba is still going to be suspended for that trip to West Brom on Sunday, the 17th of December. Yeah, uh, I assume you still think Manchester United walk away from this one. Uh, also worth noting, unlikely clean sheets still have not kept one without Phil Jones. Yeah, Phil. Jo- I mean, Phil Jones is like a I don't know a modern day. Should we say Rio Ferdinand or <laughs> he's a, he's we... a modern day Mustafi because Arsenal can't keep clean sheets without him either. <laughs> well, I I was going to go a little bit further maybe and say Alessandro Nesta. Oh yeah, 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 much like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maldini, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just standard guys. Um, yeah. Next up, Jones, uh, Maldini, Ta- Nesta. <laughs> exactly. They're a cohort. Right, right. The three-headed beast is what they called them. Um, next up. Do we have to talk about Spurs? I don't think we have to talk about Spurs. Well, we do because I don't think Del Ali plays. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, he has been pretty uninspiring. This last match was better, but he still is constantly making the wrong decisions. We need to keep getting Sun in, who's obviously on form. I think Kane keeps his place. Erickson has never rotated when we have these back-to-back matches. So I think Kane, Erickson, and Son are a lock, which I think leaves Della on the outside looking in, unless we pushed him further back to quote-unquote play next to uh, Harry Winks or Dembele. Um, Eric Dyer does not help you right now because of annoying rules last year. He literally played two games more in midfield than defense, so he got that designation this season. So he's going to be playing center back until one of Toby or Davinson are back. Davinson is suspended. Toby is hurt probably through January 1 at least. Um, so just kind of keep an eye on that. Winks is a very good pickup uh, in draft I think formats. Erickson sits and Lamella plays. Interesting. I would love to see Lamella, and he uh, that would make sense if you thought he was replacing Della. Then you play Lamella, Erickson, Son across in a three. <laughs> Lamella's a great shout. I love him so, so much, and I'm so glad that he's back. Uh, just, just his class on the ball is just... Uh, he, he's just unique. 
Like the way he addresses the bowl, the way he runs, his weird haircut, everything about him is unique. And he definitely brings a different vibe to this Tottenham team. Tottenham are going to walk this one. I've never even heard of Brighton. I think we're going to win by multiple goals uh, and continue to get rid of this November jinx um, by being in December. Um, <laughs> we'll wrap up with West Ham versus Arsenal. Well, I would say that Lamella's penmanship is exceptional. Probably. But this is maybe a 2-1. This is a 2-1 game, Spurs. Okay. And I don't want people to sell short their um, Brighton players because Tottenham when you actually – Pardon me? Because Tottenham can't keep clean sheets? Yeah, because Tottenham can't keep clean sheets, as we've already mentioned in this show. But also um, because these guys are – they're incredibly undervalued, mm-hmm. right? I mean when you look at the fact that Pascal Gross has 80 points and he's $6 million still. Yeah. And when you know you convert that to the fact that his um, he's only owned by 21% of all FPL managers and add to that – that he has had negative transfers in three of the last four weeks, mm. which has reduced his overall ownership, and that he has not had a price rise since, excuse me, since game week 13. And when you tag onto that, that once they get past Spurs, is Burnley at home, Watford at home, Chelsea away, which is not great. But then Newcastle, Bournemouth, West Ham, Chelsea again, not great. Southampton, West Ham, Stoke, Swansea. That mm-hmm. takes you through the 24th of February. Mm-hmm. There are three bad matches for Brighton in the next four months of football. <laughs> There's no reason to get rid of any of your Brighton players right now. Agreed, especially at the value that they bring. Uh, the last match, West Ham versus Arsenal. West Ham obviously just upset Chelsea. Arsenal West just Ham upset. 9-0. <laughs> Arsenal just upset Southampton's clean sheet chances. Um, there are two players in the Premier League right now who are top five in both shots on target and chances created over the last five matches. Who are they? Give me those two stats again. Top five in both shots on target and chances created over the last five matches. Wow. Uh, I'll give you a hint. One of them's in this match. (laughs) One of them is in this match. Uh, Eden Hazard (laughs) and Harry Kane. Uh, no, it's, it's Salah and Alexis Sanchez. And I've seen a lot of people saying, why would you own Alexis? He isn't doing enough, but here's the thing he is. Um, so people need to get over themselves. Yes. The price is high in the official game and he was probably in the first three picks in any official draft. Um, but he is still worth owning. He is still dominating teams and this kind of narrative that he's already working his way out of the club is not reflective of what he's doing on the pitch. Um, so listen, if yes. if you're gonna if you're if someone's gotten this far in your podcast mm-hmm. and they don't just auto click on it because it pops up every time like a beef links beef jerky ad auto plays in the background, <laughs> yep. um, they're gonna not have to bother reading my column this week at Fantasy Yerma where I preview the midweek matches for the OFPL because that is exactly uh, almost verbatim what I said about Alexis. Yeah, the the man's phenomenal. The fact that you can get him as a positional differential, as a midfielder, yeah. is absurd. And if you have the money, and again, anybody that wants to play a Jack Cork or a Goodmanson or a Ruben Loftus-Cheek or any of these kind of mid-range, excuse me, uh, low-end in terms of cost, but mid-range in terms of point potential midfielders, you have the funds available, particularly with Tammy Abraham out there, mm-hmm. uh, Roberto Firmino, uh, Wilfried Bonnie. We talked about Bonnie. BCL earlier. Sure, Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, there was another one that I really, I really wanted to hammer on. Um, oh, for the love of God, uh, Charlie Austin coming mm-hmm. back into form, right? I mean, all of a sudden you have three or four extra million. 
Alexis Sanchez, Eden Hazard, Mo Salah, they can all be in your midfield without sacrificing in other positions. Yeah, I mean, you, you would, yeah, you probably need a price dump at each position to do it, but there's no reason to not to, really. Um, yeah, so in Arsenal, West Ham, I think West Ham will somehow rest on their laurels of a 1 0 win. Arsenal, I think, will be a little bit fiery. Also, I do like uh, Aaron Ramsey, who continues to pop up on those creation stats as well, although he does have a little yellow flag on him at time of recording. Uh, where do you think this one's going to go? Uh, 17 nothing West Ham. Interesting. Uh, that'll do it for well, us today. Thing. Here's my thing. Uh-huh. I don't. I, I bought in. I bought into Lacazette and Aaron Ramsey As before this, week. this past weekend mm-hmm. because I wanted them for this match, and I still like them for this match. Yep. And you mentioned uh, chance creation stats. Aaron Ramsey. And here's the thing. Aaron Ramsey is a good chance creation per pound investment, Correct. but he's not a great chance creation investment. It's still Mesut Ozil. It's still Alexis Sanchez. Mm-hmm that are driving that team. Um, Mesut Ozil has more than two and a half times the number of chances <laughs> created than um, uh, Aaron Ramsey does. Mm-hmm. But in the short term, while Ramsey's healthy and is playing a little bit out of position, uh, Michael Cayley, MC of A, just wrote a really good article about um, the the reemergence of Aaron Ramsey, which actually lends credence to the fact that maybe he's not quote-unquote out of position, like I say, but this is the new wave of how Arson is deploying him, which should give a lot of comfort to FPL and draft managers that want to invest in Aaron Ramsey today for the remaining 22 matches of the season, um, including the West Ham match. But please don't sleep on Mesut Ozil. If you, if you want to say he's not worth the price, that's fine. But he's less than 1% owned. And the man is like, he's a god when it comes to creating chances. Yeah. Um, that'll do it for us uh, on this quick ad hoc version of our show. Uh, John, tell the folks where they can get at you. Oh, wow. They can find me uh, at my personal phone number, which is uh, country. Ca- is, is that what we're doing? Uh, you can <laughs> find me uh, on Twitter at Fantasy Gaffer. You can uh, read a bunch of stuff uh, that I write at Fantasy Earmod, Sports Illustrated. If you want to read my archives um, at playtaga.com, if you want to read my archives on this show at Talkin' Taga, which is available on SoundCloud iTunes, Podbean, uh, Google Play, and whatever that thing is where you yell at Alexa, hey Alexa, please play Talkin' Taga. <laughs> I'm It'll so glad that. I have my headphones plugged in and she didn't just respond. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Kavroff. You can find my articles at goal.com. Uh, also, you should listen to the Premier League and Championship shows on this very channel if you are so inclined. Also, Rob and I uh, do a DFS video every week for VIPBet.com. So if you're interested in that, be sure to go check that out as well. John, thank you so much for joining me. I will talk to you in just a few minutes on your show. So it won't be too long for us. But people listening, thanks for listening. We're going to try to get a show out to you Wednesday night. Uh, they've been historically hard for us to do, but that's the aim anyway. We'll keep you updated. Of course, follow us at EPL Roundtable, at Kavroff, and at FPL underscore MNOP. John, thanks so much for joining us. People at home, thanks so much for listening. Best of luck to all of your teams, and we'll catch you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.